Okay, so let me ask you a question. What have you been thinking about today? Really thinking about? What were you thinking about just prior to tuning in this podcast? Well, what if I were to tell you that whatever it is that you've been thinking about can absolutely define your best life in three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Greetings, explorers, and welcome back to another edition of the Stephen Canyon Podcast. So glad you can join us today. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Hello, Miss Megan. Hello. You look bright and shiny on a rainy, cloudy day. What? Yeah. Well, I did jumping jacks this morning. Did you really? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Uh, that's what I do when I can't uh, quite wake up in the mornings. Mm, jumping jacks. That's yeah. that's what I need to do is some jumping jacks. Yeah. You have to do 50, though. Why? I don't know. That's my magic number. 50. If it's less than 50, it doesn't do anything. <clears throat> well, do you, do you, is it up and down is two? Um, up and down is one? One. Arms and feet out and then one, back two. down is it's one. It's not one, two, three. It's one. No, it's one. Two. Two, oh. three, yeah, exactly. So I've been doing 100 while you've been doing 50. You've been doing zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you been thinking about? Um, what have I been thinking about? Yeah. Lots, Anything lots specifically? Of, uh, lots of things. Um, goodness, just uh, I'm blinking. <laughs> Are you? Well, you know, just prior to us doing our podcast, we were, we were remembering how our dog actually used to smile at us. Oh, yeah. Thumper. Thumper would smile. He was a little Karen Terrier. Thumper. I mean, he really did smile, though. It wasn't just... I know. It was uh, weird. Showing his teeth. He would and a sm- lot of times, the dogs can just look like they're smiling when they're, like, breathing really hard and running, but it wasn't that. He was he was a mimicker, but that's, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. did that with other things. He would see you smile, and he would smile. And he would just, oh, like, thumper. try to mimic you. But, I mean, he would do yoga with me. He really would. He really would. He would do the mm-hmm. poses and all the kinds of stuff. downward dog. He was a little mm-hmm. human, and, I mean, we took him to the vet, and... Mm-hmm. The they had to give him a shot, and she all she did was take the cap off the needle, and he screamed like, like a person, a, like a human being, and he yeah. was still just a puppy. And she was like, "What? What did you bring? What, what dog is this? <laughs> oh, Thumper, we well, love you." Actually, Thumper. I saw there's there is scientific evidence that our pet companions, and the, the study was done with dogs. They actually do love, like we love. They, I believe they, that. Yeah, and that's been debated for so long. I know they love. And of course they, they do. But they they found their brain sort of lights up differently when a dog sniffs its owner. Oh, see? Yeah, see they, they're I actually read this really interesting article one time. It said that dogs always know when their owners are coming home by how much of their smell is still in the house. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like when that smell starts to like oh, wane. Yeah. To a certain point, they know they're about to return. Isn't that strange? Yeah. So you know when I'm coming home too, right? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it is Thursday and it's supposed to rain all day today. And I, know. I love the rain, especially when it's followed by sunshine. Yes. Not if it was just raining. Well, it's all just the time. like we were talking about yesterday. It's that variety that keeps you going, keeps you kind of interested. Cool. I'm sitting, I'm looking out of the ocean and you really can't discern the horizon. No, the, the, it's the, very foggy. The difference between the water and the, the sky. Yeah, it's very foggy. But and honestly, so that's cool why that. I needed the jumping jacks this morning. Just mm. when there's not bright sunshine, I have to like artificially 
Well, you know, it's days like today that I want to go deep with the podcast. Oh, Are you with me or are you again me? Deep breath. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. Well, let's talk then about objective and subjective. Reality. Okay. No, no, actually, wait a minute. This is actually going to be so much fun, so brilliant. This is our sunshine for the day. I like that. You're, you did your jumping jacks, but this is this is my my sunshine. Oh, I love it. I love it. Life changing, and it's one of those things that once we get this, you know what? It becomes us. Yeah. It becomes revelation knowledge when you really dig down into what we're going to talk about today. It's the kind of wisdom that changes our reality, objective and subjective. When we look at reality through the lens of being either objective or subjective, we're actually discussing a topic from the crossroad of philosophy and quantum physics. In other words, philosophers are being greeted with these open arms by quantum uh, physicists, mathematicians, and particle physicists, this big party that's going on now. And you can just see everybody just proverbially standing there, shaking hands and, ah, we, we are in agreement now, even though we're not all excited about it, but we are looking at the same thing. But what I want to do today, all of us to do, is for us to check out the application of subjective reality and what effect it has on our own lives. Objective is, it's a reality outside of our mind. Objective reality, it's what's out there outside of our own consciousness or our awareness. Subjective is our perception or it's the inner reality uh, within our consciousness, within our minds. Well, let's say, for example, that there is a bench in the center of this room. Okay. Okay. It's, it's outside of our minds, so that's objective reality. Mm-hmm. We think the bench is beautiful. Maybe, let's say you hand-painted, you're a fantastic artist, you hand-painted a vine on the legs and you put um, this row of sunflowers on top of the bench. Okay, so we think that the bench is beautiful. Now, that thought, beautiful bench, it's inside of our minds. It's a subjective reality. Okay, so now there's no problem with anything yet. We think the bench is beautiful. And you, you hand-painted the vine on the legs and the sunflowers on the top. That bench is beautiful. But now that thought, beautiful bench, it's on the inside of our minds. It's a subjective reality. Let's say, for example, that everyone else also finds the bench there in the middle of the room to be beautiful. Okay. And they would if you painted anything oh, on it, by the way. Very nice. Yeah, Thank it's okay. you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we take the bench and we, we, we put that bench into a museum. All right? Okay. The bench is now it's admired by art critics all over the world. Yes. And, it's, and all of these documentaries are being done about your beautiful bench. <laughs> and everybody is coming. There's a Mecca to go see your bench. Everybody's going to it. The beautiful bench. Now, the subjective reality of the beautiful bench is aligned all over the world by agreement. The beautiful bench, it's taking on these characteristics of an objective reality by consensus. Mm-hmm. The beautiful bench is outside of your mind now okay. because other people have created this subjective reality of the beautiful bench. Now it's no longer just personal to you. Now the subjective reality of the beautiful bench is all aligned by agreement. That's the label that everybody's given it. The beautiful bench is taking on the characteristics of an objective reality by consensus. The beautiful bench is outside of your mind now. It's no longer just this singular event where it started from. 
So, and if you were to leave the planet while there still remains uh, all these other subjective reality viewpoints for the beautiful bench, the reality is objective, that it's a beautiful bench outside of your conscious awareness. Okay, wow. So it started off, I think this is interesting because it just started off as just a bench. That was the objective reality of it. And you were sort of all by yourself in your subjective reality, thinking that it was beautiful. Correct. And now other people are labeling it. And so their subjective reality of thinking it's beautiful is now an objective reality for you. you. That's it. Because it's not personal to you. Yeah, right. Okay. Correct. Got it. Yeah. So right here, now let's pay really close attention to the flow of creation, the thing that's happening here. Creation, creation kinetically moves from subjective to objective, from subjective to objective. Now get the the direction of flow here. Mm -hmm. Creation is going from subjective desire to objective. Okay. So creation doesn't begin with the thing. It begins with the the subjective belief for a thing. Right. Okay. That's what gives it form. Almost like another way of saying manifestation. The thought form becomes the the physical thing. Right. A a, a, uh, sculpture doesn't exist until there's been an artist to create the sculpture. Yeah, it begins in their mind. Got it. Okay. So if we think about this and we realize that right here begins the argument for the necessity of rewilding. Mm. Belief precedes experience. Yes. Comes first. So through rewilding, what we're able to do is purposefully go back to the origin of our the origin of our belief in order to reconstruct our experiences in life. It's Thursday. It's raining. Let's go deeper. <laughs> I want to throw more light on this so we can, we can go even more basic Ooh, I as like we it. go deeper. Okay. There's something in the middle of the room that something is objective reality outside of our mind. It's just something there. We decide to call the something in the middle of the room a bench. The thought, I will label this as a bench, is in our mind. It's a subjective reality. Now, someone else might come in and they want to define it altogether, something very different. In their subjective reality, that thing in the middle of the room is a, uh, let's say that it's a, a chair. Okay. Okay. Okay, now something just happened right there. Mm-hmm. There's a disagreement about what to label the thing in the middle of the room. As long as there's a disagreement about what's in the middle of the room, the reality of that thing remains subjective. Wow, yes. So here we've got a group of people calling that thing uh, a chair, and another group of people over here calling that thing a bench. Mm -hmm. But here's the most dangerous question that anyone can ever ask. Who is right? Wow, yeah. Being right is subjective, correct? Correct. And I was subjected by saying correct. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can all, let's say there's a consensus there that subjective, being right is subjective. I've gone down the rabbit hole, Steve. (laughs) Hang on to this little thread of the rope here. I need a tether. (laughs) Well, in the bench faction, the bench bench camp is right. Mm Mm-hmm. In the chair faction, the chair camp is correct. Right. But now let's imagine that we're discussing uh, something in the middle of the room. Um, We're not talking about that anymore. Let's imagine that we're we're talking about religious convictions. 
Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Being right is subjective, correct? Yes. All right. So now, the and like we said, the, the bench camp is correct and the chair camp is correct. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about religious convictions. So how would you like it if somebody rather puffed up and dogmatically, they point out that your religious convictions are just subjective? Okay. Your religious conviction is simply superstitious. Uh-oh. What is Now, what's that going to lead to? Right. Spiritual beings having this natural experience. People tend to defend their subjective realities. I mean, to the death. To the death, yeah. Their subjective opinions. Wow. Their labels. Their labels. So here we are in, in typical human fashion. The bench faction attacks the chair faction and kills all of them. Okay. It's a holy war. Over the, the, the chair bench. Over the subjective realities, yeah. the differences. So it goes on and on and on and on until the moment that the last um, chair believer draws his last breath. Mm. From that moment, then the label for the thing in the middle of the room becomes by unanimous consent, objectively, a bench. Right. We see what's happening now here. <laughs> yes. this, this sheds so much light on things like the Crusades. Yeah. And it also reveals the urge to proselytize religious beliefs. Yes. And, and, and I want to say it's, it is so sad to say this, that faith is more often about removing doubts or doubters. It, religions are about removing doubters than it is about focusing attention on what people believe. Yeah. What would they call them? Um, her- heretics? Right. Back in the day. And back in this day. Back, back in, in back day. in tomorrow's day, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Back Still to the happening. future. So, but removing doubters—that's the first effort that a person takes to uh, objectify their subjective beliefs. Mm. Wow! And I, trying you know, to make it real, right? So here, hold on. We're going deep today, even I think though it's it, real I'm, for them. Yeah, <laughs> it is real for them, for them. But they want to force everyone else to. But not by have it as their reality. But not by considering the belief, but by removing their yeah. subjective wow. realities. Because wow. to objectify mm-hmm. their own subjective reality. Isn't that why there's always this huge clash from generation to generation? Mm-hmm. Because the next mm-hmm. one is always sort of like bucking the subjective reality yeah. of exactly. the previous. That's right. That's interesting. Disagreement. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let me pull my chair up here. I think I'm going to sit down. <laughs> Because we're going to get even more basic now. You've been doing jumping jacks this whole time. <laughs> right. You know. This is getting deep. <laughs> so let's sit down. We're going to get basic now. Uh, more more basic now than definitions and words. Let's go somewhere. Isn't it amazing when you go deeper, everything simplifies? Exactly. The deeper we go, the more basic and enlightened Clear. we become. The clarity becomes so great. Yep. Sip of coffee. Okay. So, we find ourselves dealing with perceptions and sensations, impressions, and feelings. We're dealing with all of that stuff. So, let's move a little further now from just mental speculation. Okay. Look around at whatever you see, you, you see right now in this room. Everything in this room has a name or a label, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Take those labels off. Okay. okay. Remove them from the things. Okay. Now, now, take the word... Labels off of everything. Now, notice how quiet the room becomes. Wow. You're right. That's crazy. That's weird. This is the realm of pure um, mass. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Pure form, pure mass. Now, some people think about this as the ultimate objectivity. But notice I said, think about. Thinking about this being the ultimate objectivity or considering it is a subjective process. Say that again? Just that whole sentence? Some people think about this as being the ultimate objectivity. You know, this is the realm of pure mass. Right. And so we think that that's just pure um, ultimate objectivity, right? But because we think that, now all of a sudden, that process of considering it to be that is now, again, a subjective process. Yes, got it. Okay. So we still have just a small amount of the subjective that we're dealing with through that process. Even in this realm of pure matter, it's us, of course, that's the issue here. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's you and it's me. Yes. Mostly me, though. (laughs) <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> Isn't it always, though? <laughs> but the big so, issue is Megan. <laughs> right, so it's us. Okay. But there is me, and then there are forms. There's you, there's you, and then there are forms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But am, am I subjective? Are you subjective? To myself or to you? Are you subjective? Am I subjective? Are you a subjective? Subjective reality. Are you asking if I'm real? <clears throat> you don't have to answer it. Okay. Well, let's go a step further. Take all, take all of the word labels off of the thing that's looking around, off of you. Okay. Take the label off of you. Mm. Your awareness. Take that away. You and me. Drop every imagination. Measurement, consideration, definition, all those things that we have for our self thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is your seatbelt on? <laughs> yes. Okay, it's tight. We're now passing beyond the envelope of realities, which can be categorized by the concepts of subjective and objective. No longer in existence. There is an awareness of all forms. Can we go further? I'm glad I asked that question. Now... <laughs> Stop separating. For asking. <laughs> right? now, you that will not be named or labeled. <laughs> so now stop separating the forms from one another. Okay. The various forms that you subjectively looked around to consider without a label. Stop separating all of those from one another. Now simply become aware of everything as connected by space time continuum. All things. Um, whole and waiting to be defined all things free from consideration free from pulses of energy here we are again discussing rewilding from the rewilding viewpoint objective and subjective evolve into two functions of consciousness experience and belief experience and belief Mm -hmm. Mm In other podcasts, we've gone into quantum entanglement. We've talked about the God particle, the Higgs boson, and we, we discuss all the time the research done at CERN using the Hadron Particle Collider. But now we've discussed the world's religions, and we talk about all the thought disciplines, all that stuff. And we know that we really are truly right now in the, in the age of enlightenment, where the substance of belief is being observed and manipulated in the laboratory. Now, how cool is all of that? So from the rewilding viewpoint, 
Objective and subjective evolve into two functions of consciousness. Again, it's experience and belief. Experience and belief. Okay. Now, the illusion that arises from sub- with subjective and objective is that awareness is inside the mind and something else is outside of the mind. Okay. That something outside of the mind, objective reality, appears to be independent of us. But it was me and it was you that made it independent. Hmm. That disconnected from it in the first place. In the first place. Wow. You decided to do that. Correct. Okay. Now, the next step in this spectacle here is, is to arrive at the conclusion that the structure of this awareness, our consciousness, is the result of this independent objective reality. That's the mind twister, the independent objective reality that we subjectively created. The independent objective reality that we subjectively created. So what is the result of all that? We imagine consciousness as forming, arising from this independent objective reality, and then evolving adjacent to the physical structure. Our independent subjective reality of all that there is is evolving right there adjacent to the physical structure around us. It's all coming about uh, equally. So right here, the spirit of awareness, that, that idea of I am aware of objective reality, all of a sudden we have to kind of peace out and chuck it. Because look, the very moment you believe the trap of awareness being birthed by observation, you absolutely become trapped by creation. I'll say that again. It's the, the very moment that you believe that the, uh, the, the trap of awareness was birthed by observation. In other words, the, the bench there in the middle of the room came into being because you observed it. You absolutely become trapped by creation. You're no longer advancing and you begin to diminish. The flow of creation now is going in the wrong direction. In other words, you're believing that the bench is is affecting you rather than your observation of the bench affecting the reality of the bench. Hmm. So stuff, matter around you all of a sudden, in a sense, becomes Lord over you. And the cause and effect of things, now you start believing and taking on a sense of responsibility for. The flow of creation is going in the wrong direction. Creation begins to victimize you. And it's flowing in on you. You begin to feel convicted by it. Your feelings become confusing. And you feel like you're under condemnation. You're told something is your fault. You're told that you're responsible for a thing not being what is subjective to the the correct interpretation of someone else. You believe it when somebody tells you what's wrong with you. Now things take on that characteristic of right and wrong. Right and wrong. Well, that's incorrect and that's correct and this is wrong and that's right because of all these merging subjective beliefs about everything. And so we fall under the weight and the pressure of these convictions of all this uh, uh, subversive realities that are being projected into the universe around us. And so what happens is um, you're easily frightened that things aren't going to work out. Fear becomes you. Fear of different situations. And and there's just this uh, constant bombardment of conviction and and uh, attacks, even, even just on the end. You just sense of guilt 
becomes your reality. It seems like you're you're all of a sudden becoming a victim to your reality instead of realizing that you're the master of it. Yeah, you a, a victim to the reality you're creating, which is your reality. You're victimized by that. Mm. You're you're subjecting yourself to the subjective reality that you are a victim, a victim to circumstances. Here's the thing: mm. the trap convinces you that your subjective beliefs are the cause and effect result of your experience with objective reality. When you imagine consciousness being the result of an objective reality, your consciousness rising up from some objective reality, you become trapped by it. So now we begin to look for the reasons that our beliefs and our experiences are being manifested into the world by measuring objective realities in alignment, in agreement with negative source energy. So we dig deep into observing objective reality with labels. We, get, we start really micromanaging all this stuff, trying to figure out what the problem is. And so what happens? People get into psychotherapy, looking into their past. You get religions looking for sins and all the suppressives. People begin looking for past lives, prenatal experiences, parental abuse. Why is, why is all this important? It's because in, in that world, we sacrifice the power of our own decision. We allow ourselves to be victimized. All these abusive dominions are flying around all over the place and we are considering them and we are subjecting our own uh, beliefs according to those, those opinions and ideas. We create excuses for lack. We define failure for ourselves. We live without rather than from within. And this is what right here, gosh, Megan, this is what excites me more than anything. This is, this is why we do what we do. I am so passionate about this. It thrills me to shout this from the mountaintop. It thrills me to, to sing about it while running down the beach. <laughs> Whatever I have to do. Look, here's the thing. It, it is not our past. It's not our parents that are responsible for how we experience reality. Our subjective consciousness is shaped by our alignment of agreements and our decisions. Our subjective consciousness is it's formed by our willful intent to align our day-to-day purpose with our inner genius. And rewilding is restoring those abilities to you. So I'm trying to, maybe you can shed some light on this. I'm trying to make this, this new understanding of subjective and objective reality applicable in day-to-day belief. We go back to the beginning. And we go back to the beginning to re- to recognize we rewild ourselves to the place of our original purpose, what makes you different. And we choose our imaginations. We choose our desires. We intentionally choose our reality. Nothing is good or bad until you decide it's good or bad. Right. Unless you let someone else tell you that something is good or bad. That's a, a perfect example. The power of labels. Labels. Yeah. So reconsidering the labels, going back to the beginning, saying, no, wait a minute. Just because I was told that I was stupid doesn't mean that I'm stupid. Right. What does that even mean? So we have to redefine. And by doing so, we're throwing down all of the the negative stuff, the condemnation, the judgment. Look, what other people think about me is none of my business. 
don't tell me what you think about me because I don't, I don't want to know. It's not, I already know what I think about me and that's what matters to me because that subjective reality that I formed for what I think about myself is the thing that I'm projecting into the objective reality around me and then that becomes my world. That's right. my truth. Yeah. That's my life. That's your universe that you've created to live in. Exactly. Okay. So whether or not there's another faction that agrees with that or not is of no importance to me. And I guess the, the only time that would really matter is when another uh, faction is trying to force those beliefs on you. It's impossible. It's impossible. No one can force a belief on you. It's only, it's, it's not possible. And, and that is one of the, the uh, conflicts just as old as, as history mm-hmm. that continues to arise when people try to force their opinions and beliefs and ideas on another. It often leads to violence, but only to those that resist physically as though that I've got to defend by the point of a spear uh, my subjective realities. But um, beyond that, there's, you know, your universe exists within your mind and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's when we try to take our inherent authority and dominion and force our own ideas and opinions on other people. We, we go to war over opinions. We go to war over subjective realities. We do it in our, our circle, of our family circle. We do it in the corporate boardroom. We do it in our lives with our, our children and our friends. And uh, we, we consider ourselves to be influencers in a negative way. Okay. Rather than a way that we just express ourselves in, in, the, in a loving way, and other people can either choose to agree with that and align themselves in with agreement over you know the ideas and opinions and thoughts or if you choose not to well that's fine because no one idea no one reality no one single uh, objective reality should be embraced by everyone. We're all different anyway. And that's where the problem begins is we all, you know, we're told to believe that we should be in alignment and in agreement with our purposeful lives, that we, we look for the commonality in all. And we do it through a competitive, a competitive nature. Here, here's the conflict with competition and commonality is they are constantly in opposition one with the other. The reason that you have a sense of competition is because innately we are all different. No two people are alike. That's why you have competition. But what we want to do on the other hand is label everybody as being just alike. <laughs> well, something is, is you know, that the is... The world is screwed up for th- a reason. That's messed up. Yeah. So, so we have to go back, rewild ourselves, and embrace and unconditionally love the fact that, you know what, you're different. You're tacit uh, from the creator that created you is a different one. You are your own spectacle, a beautiful thing with so much to offer that's different from anyone else. And so we embrace that and fall in love with that. And then we're no longer in a, in a world that we create of our own that needs to compete because the law of attraction and kinetic belief will bring anything to you that you need for to sustain and to be prosperous and to be blessed, mind, body, and spirit and soul moving and advancing toward perfected completion at all times. But that is the perfect way of the universe. That's the way we should be operating. And, and it's that in that creativeness that we expand and advance our lives and not through the competitiveness 
of, of factions that are all saying, no, you have to be like me. And over there, no, you've got to be like me. And so we, we <laughs> war with each other. Right. Right. It, it, for me, probably the most powerful um, thing that I took away from today is this idea that you're not just, when you're manifesting something into your life, you're not just putting a thought form to it and then expecting it to show up. You're quite literally going through your life and going through your day, creating a, a reality, a very real reality. It's your reality and it can be whatever you want it to be. And just because somebody's put all these labels, all they, you know, it's like, it's like your life is just covered in all these post-it notes that somebody came in and they just labeled everything for you, but you don't have to keep those for yourself that you can genuinely create this pure original unique identity that's true to you and it and it is real and it is whatever you say it is it's your subjective reality that's correct you know albert einstein said if you want to live a happy life tie it to a goal and not to people or things Mm, there it is create your subjective reality and then hold on to that fashion your life after it and um you, you will live a prosperous, happy, optimist, op- optimistic happiness. Yes. That is true joy. You're always looking forward to the future that you're creating today. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you're not happy, where, where's the thing you're looking forward to? Right. You're still, you're still focusing on regrets and the past yeah. and things that you've missed out on that you believe that you've missed according to the standards and expectations of other people. Well, and that's a great point right there that not only can, are you capable of creating this really positive, dynamic, subjective reality for yourself to live in, you're, you're capable of creating a really negative one too. So it can go either way. And, and really when you talk about, when we, when we talk about subjective realities, realize this, you're not actually changing something. Right. You're the originator. It is what you believe it to be. It is what you say it is, what you think it is, and what you believe it to be. If there is an ailment, if you have sickness or disease in your body, you can change that for it to align with your belief, your subjective belief, your subjective reality that that there is no sickness and disease. Mm. But you do that through the journaling process, through the guided journaling process of changing the reality of whatever that thing is. It cannot remain one thing while you are kinetically believing for it to be another. It's impossible. It's not physically quantum, physically possible for something to be something other than what you subjectively believe it to be in your life, in your physical realm that you're creating and constructing around you. That's the blueprint for the life that you're going to experience. Wow. So powerful. And it's the knowledge of all of this that creates the the one percenters, that creates great wealth among some people and and others remain in poverty. Well, and and this really is a perspective shift, isn't it? Because I think a lot of us, when we're when we're manifesting, you're you're sort of without even meaning to. You're imagining manifesting a thing or an idea into one reality, as if we're all living on this one singular plane of reality. And when you're manifesting, mm-hmm. you're manifesting into that reality, and that's not really it at all. No, that's right, and it's it's the same thing as we just tend to believe that everybody is believing like you're believing. And everybody believes that when you see a bicycle go down the road, we're all seeing a bicycle go down the road. And it may be a two-wheeler to one person, a bicycle to another, and a a waste of time to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) So who's, who's right and who's wrong? Right, yeah. So we have to disconnect ourselves from... 
the competitive nature of challenging each other with our subjective realities and start embracing those differences. Embrace the person who says that's a waste of time. Love the person who says it's a two-wheeler. And admire the one who calls it a bicycle. Yes. And then go on and pedal whatever it is you've decided to climb up on and go down the road on. And then all of a sudden, all becomes well. Everything is working as it should be. Not according to the standards and the measurements and judgments of other people, but according to your standards and measurements and judgments. Your own uh, reality becomes now what you say it should be according to the highest viewpoints and thought forms that you're creating and journaling for your journey through this life, living the best life that you can possibly imagine. And it's not, it's so possible. This isn't, this isn't just wishful thinking and it's not a random lottery we're talking about. You're already, every single person is already living the subjective reality that they have built up for themselves. Yeah. Every single person has. You can take, and this has been done, someone who is you know, wealthy, just really, just rich, so rich. Mm-hmm. And you, and they have taken everything from that person and put them out on the street, just as an experiment, in some other country, town, city, wherever. Said, okay, now go and live life and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And within a very short period of time, guess what? They're wealthy again. Now, why is that? It's because their subjective reality is for just that. They see themselves. They are wealthy. They're not trying to become it. They are that. So what happens? They begin to attract wealth to them according to their subjective reality. Right. The same is true with a person who is, has always lived in poverty. You can, they win the lottery. In five years from now, what happens? They're back in poverty again. All that money's gone. Subjective yeah. reality. It's not money that makes you rich. It's that mindset. Now, it's not my opinion. I can go in there and teach and, and shout and give them manuals and books and books and books and say, here's how you do it to keep the money and invest and grow it and grow it. And grow it. it doesn't change anything mm-hmm. unless the, their own self-image perspective and, and subjective reality changes. It has to become them. Revelation knowledge becomes them. Enlightenment becomes you. And it's always the rewilding process that changes a person. You have to unbecome the things that have reshaped you and refashioned you. All that noise, all that stuff that has somehow caused you to conform to some idea other than uh, the original plan for you to be advancing your mind, body, and soul. You come into this world as a perfect individual, special, creative, beautiful individual, capable of anything. And then we begin to adhere to and rely on other subjective realities that are not conforming to our original genius of purpose. Just say this out loud right now. Let's do some highest viewpoints. Let's do it. I am fearless and unafraid. I am fearless and unafraid. Those motivators are not in my reality. Those motivators are not in my reality. I was created to prosper. I was created to prosper. And I align that with my purpose. And I align that with my purpose. I am liberated from the fear of the world. I am liberated from the fear of the world. And its inhabitants. And its inhabitants. I'm confident and at peace. I'm confident and at peace. Mind, body, and soul. Mind, body, and soul. I am persistent in me. I'm persistent in me. Regardless of what others may say. 
regardless of what others may say. Or what others may think about me. What others may think about me. Hey, that's none of my business. That's none of my business. I eagerly accept each day. I eagerly accept each day. With enthusiasm and confidence. With enthusiasm and confidence. I'm embracing and advancing. I'm embracing and advancing. To become more. To become more. Live more. Live more. And love more. And love more. I always act. I always act. According to my chosen subjective beliefs. According to my chosen subjective beliefs. Without hesitation or fear. Without hesitation or fear. I'm on the journey of my best life. I'm on the journey of my best life. Wherever I am. Wherever I am. From now and beyond. From now and beyond. My journey begins by rewilding myself. My journey begins by rewilding myself. Back to me. Back to me. Wow, what an exciting episode. And you're right, you you did warn us that you were going deep today. It, it's still raining, too. Isn't it? <laughs> it is still raining. You want to go deeper? <laughs> Part two? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that was oh, fun. Man. What, a, what a fantastic way, though, to um, sort of guide us into this idea that, you know, again, I just love that, that shift in perspective that you're not manifesting into this pre-existing one plane reality that we're all operating on you are when you're manifesting you're just adding on to your subjective reality that you're creating for yourself and you can live in that and you can exist in that and it's whatever you say it is oh my what you think about a thing what you say about something it matters you are creating your life yeah by the things you say and mm. what you say things are you're creating wow. what you believe them to be you're creating what you adhere to what you believe about what somebody else is saying if you get in alignment with that that's you're creating yes. always creating your reality around you because everything's made of just particles of energy and it's not defined until you define it wow you get to say in your authority in your dominion as a creator what something is yes so stop saying something is bad well, if you want to go to the um, subjective reality of our website, you can go to kineticbelief.com. Is, is it going to be there for everyone? It's, it, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. You go there and it's there for you. I feel like we're all living in alternate universes now. I'm glad you had that rope around your waist. Yes, it's going to be there for everybody. Go and it's at kineticbelief.com. You can get the 100-day guided kinetic belief manifesting journal which is on the website just like you see it (laughs) in its real form while you're there and if you and that really is um you know now that we're now that we all have this understanding that you're quite literally creating you're building piece by piece your subjective reality that you're going to live in um the the guided journal is a beautiful way to do that because it's going to walk you through it you're going to hold our hand through it every single day I think I'm going to do a podcast soon. I'd like to really talk about you and I, mm-hmm. some of the things that we have realized in our own lives that we can share with people just through rewilding ourselves, yeah. using kinetic belief, and chain, transforming things, Yes, miraculously transforming, growing things that were out of nothing yeah. into these huge, huge yes. things. And I, 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 I want to do that. Well, and it, and it really is because that I think when you pair that experiential knowledge even if it's not yours that's why you can be so inspired by other people you know that experiential knowledge paired with the belief and the manifestation power 
of your your imaginations. It's just it supercharges everything. Well, this is a community, and and we we do this together. And yeah. there's a lot of us going on this journey together. And we, for many, it begins the rewilding begins at the workshop, and we've got one coming up in Dallas, Texas, on March 28th. March the 28th, yeah. and uh, tickets are going fast. You can reserve a place for yourself, and you can get that online yeah. at the it's website. It's going to be a really fun, intimate well. workshop. There are only a hundred spots uh, originally available, and like Steve said, those are going fast. Um, that's all at kineticbelief.com if you want to reach out and say hello. It's, uh, kinetic belief. I've been mixing that up lately. I've been like, a lot of <laughs> like inverting the website. Yeah. Okay, kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. That's the email. That's the email. Well, I, I awesome. see myself doing some jumping jacks, so I better... Okay. Sounds there. good. Got to do something. Do that. Yeah. Can't go out in this right. in this weather. Okay. Well, thanks as usual, sure. Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.